Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It's going to be a little bit of Weir's Waldo over the next couple of weeks here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Sent a few pictures out via the Twitter. And now if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, can you guess where we are? I think there's a little signage behind me that probably says so, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, welcome to the hometown of uh, Trevor Lawrence, Cartersville, Georgia, the place we are at here on this uh, Tuesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We have hit the road for the next week or so, probably even a little bit longer than that, on the road to the Super Bowl, on the road to the draft, and uh, between Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, uh, we'll take you some different spots uh, along the way as the buzz in Jacksonville is real. And this is a cool little town in uh, Georgia, a little bit northwest of Atlanta. Brent Martineau here on the back of the pickup truck. Austin Lane back in the studio along with Koo. Stuart Weber here with uh, me in Cartersville. What's happening, man? Nothing too much, man. Same old stuff over here. That's it? That's it? Nothing exciting? Uh, it's not. It's warm today. That was uh, that's a cool thing. But not basically the same old stuff. Coos is in like ten meetings right now for other stuff he's got going on. So he's super stressed right now. But what else is new from that angle? And me, as usual, pretty casual. Just laid back. I mean, come on, powers to be at, at the radio station. I mean, we got a show at three o'clock. And your meetings with Coos. We need him to do some work here. Mm. Uh, we are on the road. Action Sports Jacks on the road. You know, I'm fired up to be on the road. We got to be at Fleming Island uh, Golf Club last week. We are at TPC Sawgrass yesterday. We love being on the road with the show. And uh, this is going to be a little bit different of a road trip. Here's the deal. We were scheduled to go to Mobile, Alabama. And we call an audible yesterday late afternoon because I told you during the show, uh, Trent Balky, it doesn't look like he'll be there. Uh, Urban Meyer, I, I kind of knew wasn't going to be there in the staff. You know, the Jags have scouts and all the rest there. But, uh, without those guys there, we're like, eh, I don't know if, if going, even with the Mac Joneses, everything's done such a virtual way, even for the senior bowl. We thought, you know what? Let's just get right to Cartersville, Georgia and start this trip. So, uh, we are working on some things, not only for the show, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, but leading up to an hour Super Bowl special on CBS 47 and Fox 30, the eve of Super Bowl 55. That'll be a Saturday night show at 7 o'clock. And so we are uh, doing a little bit of TV, a little bit of radio. And I got to tell you, Austin, this I said this to Stuart. Uh, we were walking across the street, actually, this downtown of 20,000 people in Cartersville, Georgia. And I said, this is my favorite part of the job. Mm. This is why I got into This is why I've been doing it for 20 years and hopefully do it for another 15 or whatever. Maybe 20. I don't know. How old you got to be in this business? But either way, this is my favorite part. It's the uh, stalking. It, it, I hear you. It's the stalking of Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Uh, no, it's it's just kind of like you come to these places, and we really don't know and didn't have a lot set up to come here. But it's almost like this expedition to, to learn a little bit about this town and, and Trevor Lawrence and where he grew up. And and um, we won't talk to Trevor Lawrence, by the way, uh, because he's in California. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to talk to Trevor Lawrence, but obviously at, right now he's not doing much in, in the way of media. Uh, but it's pretty cool to hear from other people in the town and see this town. And we've only been here really with the daylight for, for uh, you know, a handful of hours or so. 
but uh, we're going to be here for a couple of days. So this is kind of fun. You know, it's like if we were to go home, which I still think we should do this someday, even on our show, go home to your hometown, Iola, Scandinavia, Wisconsin, and say, what's that all about? Or we go to Murray State. What's mm-hmm. that all about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that would be fun uh, to learn about it. It's it's my favorite part of the biz. No, without a doubt. I'm, uh, I guess the real question is, have you visited Trevor Lawrence's home yet, and do you plan on doing it? Uh, no, I'm not doing that. Actually, no. this is great. This is how this stuff comes about. I'm going to give you a little bit of a story. We're eating at a place called 8-Track, which is right across the way, okay. Bar and Grill. And 8-Track meaning A-T-E, although it's very music-oriented. You know, yeah, of course. Off the I like it. Eight-track. So, yeah, very well done. And the, and the folks uh, said, hey, anything you eat on the menu is fantastic. And we had some nachos and tacos, and it was fantastic. But we're sitting down to eat there, and we're outside on a beautiful day here in Cartersville, Georgia. And I see a gentleman with a Clemson jacket. I think, actually, Stewart saw him. And then we noticed that the front of his license plate said Clemson alumni. Like, okay, well, I mean, listen, we have Clemson alumni in Jacksonville, too. But as I, I sat there and looked at the guy, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to this guy. So he's, he's in his car. <laughs> And his windows rolled up, and I, so I kind of, I don't knock on, he sees me coming, the window rolls down, and I kind of explain who I am and, and what we're doing, and he said, ah, funny thing is, I just had lunch here with Trevor Lawrence's dad, Trevor's dad left about 15 minutes ago. Dang. <laughs> and, and so, bam, there you go, right? Small yeah. town. And and that gentleman isn't even from Cartersville, he's from a little bit down the road, but he uh, knows the family, and there's a lot of different things that came from that conversation that will help us along the way. That is fun, right? That That's the fun part of it. We just had, I'll give you another example. We just had a conversation. I'm right across from City Hall. Uh, in the backdrop where I am, there's a train that goes by and has gone by a couple times already and just stays here. <laughs> so that could happen in the show. Uh, warning. But. We're like this is downtown. This is downtown Cartersville behind us, and and to me this is small town USA, which is awesome. Like I love this. Uh, it looks like small town USA in a very cool way. But right across the way is City Hall, and we met with the mayor of Cartersville, cool. who who by the way actually also runs a radio station in town, does the play by play for Cartersville High School football, and. What did he say, Stuart? Like, he runs and operates the theater across the way. Dang. <laughs> guy's a little bit of a renaissance man. So I like that. The, the mayor's position here is part-time. Yeah. And he does it all. He wears wow. the hats. That's and awesome. So, I mean, that's the fun part of being here, and, and that's, a, that's a little bit of a description and a taste of uh, Trevor Lawrence's hometown. Uh, I'll give you a little bit uh, more as we go along throughout the show, but this won't surprise people. Uh, and, and everybody you talk to already, and, and we haven't, it's not like hundreds of people, but we've talked to enough people where they say, just an awesome kid, right? Awesome guy. Uh, and he, uh, is very humble, and the family's very nice, and uh, you get the sense that because he's been such a big star since he was in ninth grade, uh, like the first gentleman I talked to said, you gotta remember now, people have been coming around here since he was a freshman. And ESPN did their high school game here, right? Yeah, and all yeah. these people come. So it's like, you're not the first one to come to Cartersville, <laughs> which we kind of knew. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're used to it. And, and you almost get the sense that people in the town are used to it. They're very proud of Trevor Lawrence and what he is, and no doubt, like, the best player to ever play at Cartersville. And they've had some other ones, uh, Ronnie Brown included, uh, okay. that that played here at Cartersville High School. So, 
but you almost get the sense that they're used to this so much, and if he walked down the street, they'd just kind of let him go do his thing, sit down at the restaurant he wants to sit down at, and not really get that, like, Michael Jackson, the Beatles kind of treatment, you know? <laughs> no, for sure. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, for being such a small town, it has had its fair share of players. I remember one of my former teammates, uh, Andre Fluellen. Uh, Fluellen. I played with a lot on the Lions. By the way, the quickest first step of all time, in my opinion. Like, Marcel Darius, I respect you, man, but Fluellen had you beat. And there was a reason why he was able to stick in the league for so long, because he was kind of undersized. He was like 6'1", 6'2", probably like the, the 295 range, but had the best first step you ever saw. And, um, you know, obviously I spent some time with Fluellen. I, I believe he was from Cartersville, Georgia as well. So He was. Yeah, it's crazy how such a small town can produce such talent. Yeah, in fact, uh, i got to find the names out, so... Just I'll give you this example. The the mayor, mm-hmm. <laughs> radio guy, <laughs> theater operator guy, uh, was telling us that um, during – I don't think they all graduated together, but if they had graduated together. So during Trevor's time in high school, they had Trevor Lawrence, who obviously ends up in Clemson and considered like the number one player coming out of high school along with Justin Fields in that class. And Justin Fields, by the way, from about 20 miles from here, yeah, um, just outside of Atlanta, Kennesaw area. Uh, went to Harrison High School, I believe it is. And so that that class had him, had a kid that played at uh, Kentucky basketball and has a kid that is in the Yankees organization as a catcher. Wow. All You're talking about a town of 20,000 people. Yep. And they had a, a essentially a pro baseball player, um, you know, a big-time college basketball player, and now soon to be a pro football player in that same class, well, uh, which is pretty pretty ridiculous. And here's a fun fact about Cartersville, Georgia as well. I mean, I assume it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, but do you know who the most famous person from Cartersville, Georgia is until Trevor Lawrence came along? I thought I looked this up and I didn't see anything jump out at me. Which oh, means it it's probably jump. like... It's, it's probably well. I know this person, or is this kind of like pop no, culture, and I won't know. You're gonna know him because he's probably on the biggest television show of all time. Uh, go ahead. Uh, Wayne Knight, who was Newman in Seinfeld. Ah, Newman in Seinfeld. Yep. <laughs> Wayne Knight's from Carter's. Also in Jurassic Weber? Park. How about that? There you go. See, you had to tell me Newman in Seinfeld sure. before you said Wayne Knight. Like no, you just, hey, that's why. That's yep. probably why I looked up Wayne Knight and like I saw. You know how Wikipedia does that? Famous, sure. famous people like famous people from Iola, Scandinavia. They'd put Austin Lane, Dave Craig, probably yep. Dave Craig. Uh, so it, it, does the list stop there? By the way, in Iola. Uh, man, you know, I've never actually looked about my hometown, probably. Who's looked that up? We're we're not bringing much to the table. Um, But anyway, if you had just said, like, Wayne Knight, I'd be like, yeah, who's that? Sure. Well, (laughs) Jurassic Park. He's in a pretty big movie and in a pretty big TV show. Stuart, I didn't say you wouldn't know. I just said I wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, so uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll see. Maybe we'll see him walking around. Maybe there's some kind of like Wayne Knight like <laughs> statue or like m- memorial. I mean, the guy was in Seinfeld. Maybe you should do the show with Stuart today. He just said he said the exact same thing. He like mouthed it to me. Wayne Knight Memorial Park or exactly, something. Exactly, man. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, that's uh, where we're at, Cartersville, Georgia, and uh, it's a beautiful day here. Got some big-time storms last night, but it's a uh, beautiful day uh, here. Senior Bowl is underway. Interestingly enough, we thought we really made the right call, Austin, because Senior Bowl got practices canceled yeah. and moved inside. And then 
We talked to Ashlyn Sullivan, uh, who's there for Jaguars.com. She said they actually changed it. The weather was okay. They went back out. So it looks like they are having practices uh, for the Senior Bowl. And uh, it's underway with a lot of local flavor, too. A lot of Gators and Knolls and uh, just a couple of Knolls, but a few Gators. Last year we had a ton of Gators that were there at the Senior Bowl. But Mac Jones, of course, one of the headliners as a national champion quarterback of Alabama. And now the Jaguars scouting staff goes to work. And we, we mentioned it yesterday. I mean, it's a critical time. You played in the game. Do you think the game has changed much uh, the process has changed much. I know COVID might play into it a little bit this year, but I'm just talking in general over the last decade from where you were in 2010 at that game to the evaluations that now go on. Do you almost, I, I sense it could be even more important now. I think Jim Nagy, who's in charge of the Senior Bowl, has done a good job of bringing talent in. I'd like to see your thoughts, though, compared to when you played in it. Yeah, so I think back when I played in it, um, it was kind of the end-all, be-all, like, if you were obviously a senior um, college football player, like you had to do that because like that was the ultimate showcase. And I feel like nowadays, with you know more guys opting to go to to the NFL early, you know, foregoing for their senior year, if you will. Um, I, I feel like I mean, listen, the Senior Bowl is still big and it's still the best All Star game to showcase college talent. But I even think that it was a lot bigger back when I was coming up, just because of the fact that you had more seniors actually playing it. You know, like Tim Tebow uh, played at the Senior Bowl. I remember. I mean, like the, the entire Alabama National Championship football team played <laughs> played in that Senior Bowl. So. As far as big names and household names, I felt like maybe you got a little more back then than you do now. But obviously, it's still a great place to showcase your talents. Yeah, and so obviously the week is underway, and we'll talk about some of the highlights of that. Uh, hopefully hear from some of the uh, players in that game uh, as well coming up throughout the week. Uh, you know, I do think it's more about the week than the game. I understand the game's pretty big, and somebody might have had a big moment in that game. Uh, so the game is certainly big. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I don't want to flex or anything like that, but I scored a touchdown. You know, I scored a touchdown in the Senior Bowl. Um, obviously, the, the the pickle was going a crazy back home. Actually, I saw the pickle. This one was called Bruisers. And at Bruisers, they have a bell where if something cool happens in a Packers game, they, like, have, like, this giant bell that goes off, and you get free shots. Well, for some reason, I'm not sure if they're legally streaming it, but they had the NFL Network going, and they had my Senior Bowl game going. Uh, and and the bell went off when I scored a touchdown. So that was That's one of a great my story. bigger claim to fame in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. That one took place. That is a great story. Yeah. Love, so that was in Stevens Point. Yeah, and the best part was like after the game, instead of like congratulations, like oh dude, that was awesome, you scored a touchdown. Everyone was thanking me like, hey dude, we just got a free shot at Bruisers. Thanks a lot. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, that, how, remind us again because I know you went there as a kid, training camp where the Jags were there. But yeah, how far is Stevens Point from your hometown? Stevens Point is about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes away. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it's, it's right there. So it's right one of the establishments. Door. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool, man. I didn't know that. We've been hanging out for a couple of years. We've had Senior Bowl stories. You didn't tell that story. No, man. I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I scored a touchdown. Everybody got free shots. Like, I don't know where on the hierarchy of breaking news that that should fall. But, no, I mean, I had a blast at the Senior Bowl. Obviously, uh, I got a, the, kind of like the short notice call, so I wasn't expecting it. I was going to go play in the Shrine game. Um, thankfully, Jerry Hughes out of TCU opted not to go at the very yeah. last second. Thank you, Jerry. So I ended up taking his spot, and I kind of fit right in, and obviously I had that crazy Lions coaching staff that felt the need to run us into the ground, and I was thinking this is not much of an all-star game. This is actually like a boot camp, but it is what it is. 
Yeah, that was led by uh, Jim Schwartz. It right, was, uh, yes. At the time for the Detroit Lions. And, you know, it's interesting you bring this full You were a late ad. That means you got to uh, Mobile a little bit late. But you bring this full circle because we've been in Mobile the last couple of years to do mm-hmm. our shows. And that's where the Happy Hour Horn was born. <laughs> for so sure. ringing of the bell is a thing with you in Mobile. <laughs> I guess so, man. Shots, Happy Hour, bells, yeah. It's what I'm known for. That's I mean, how would, we never tied this all together. I mean, no. the story. It took two years to come together, but here we are. The story. Finally, of, I put those uh, pieces Austin together. Lane. It's it's like the book will be called uh, the the bell. I don't know what's gonna be called. For, the bell, the shot, ha- happy hour the horns, and for whom the bell told, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get creative with it. Uh, yeah, we do. Hey, a lot of uh, quarterback talk continues uh, throughout the day today. You, you you brought up that list that Schefter had mm-hmm. um, that all the quarterbacks that could change. Now, it was a little bit on the aggressive side sure. of, of who might be moving and shaking. But I thought we could do today a little bit later in the show. Let's take a stab at where these guys could end up. It's way early, mm-hmm. and what that means for, for everyone. I like uh, it. Free agency could, could obviously impact the draft, which it usually does, but the moving and shaking, the, the trades that could be made, this could be, and we said this yesterday, this could be a massively active quarterback market in the NFL, which is just so unusual with the big names. We're not talking backup quarterbacks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking big names. And if you look at the last couple of years now, we have had a lot of guys that are big-name guys or former big draft picks on the move, from Teddy Bridgewater, right, to back to the Saints and then to Carolina, to Jameis Winston from the Bucks to uh, uh, to the Saints, to Cam Newton from Carolina to the mm-hmm. Patriots. You know, so this, it's been a hefty quarterback uh, cycle and carousel in the NFL, but this might take the cake depending on what Green Bay does with Aaron Rodgers or what other teams do or what does Big Ben do in terms of retirement playing. Those kind of decisions certainly uh, will impact. So I think we'll take a, a little bit of a stab at where these folks could end up and like how it. much uh, could change. Because you're looking at two big windows now. you got free agency where a lot of that will go down and guys being signed, guys being released, you know, first of all, if that's going to be the case. And then the trades of Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, what else goes down there? Uh, and then you have the draft. And then there's these all these quarterbacks available. We're going to talk a little bit about Mel Kuyper's mock draft. And he has five quarterbacks, I think, off the board in the top 15. Yeah. Five of them. And that doesn't yep. include, include Kyle Trask. Mac Jones is the fifth to the Patriots, mm-hmm. where a lot of people are, are kind of – I still feel like a lot of people think Mac Jones looks like Tom Brady, and so they're saying he's going to go to the Patriots. It's much like the Patriots. If you took uh, the compilation of mock drafts over the last couple of years and you went down and you said, okay, who do they have assigned to the Patriots? I guarantee you 70% of them will say a tight end. That's because <laughs> they lost Gronkowski. Sure, yeah, you have you to know? replace him, and absolutely. So it's like replace Gronkowski. Replace, that was such a big part of it. They've got to replace Gronkowski. And so everybody mocks a tight end. Even this year, I think a lot of people have mocked Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. to the Patriots if he makes it that far, because I think the Patriots are picking number 15. But I feel like Mac Jones is a little bit like that with um, – it's, it's almost like <laughs> you get this feel. I've seen him as high as number four. I think Atlanta might have the fourth pick. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Because he might look like Matt no, Ryan. for sure. He fits the mold, right? <laughs> I mean, like, is that what we do now? We say, okay, well, these guys have been successful, so let's, let's put the white guy that looks not athletic 
in with these teams. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's, like, it's almost like, because obviously the combine, you know, it, it, it's uh, canceled this year, but it's almost like we're the pages at the combine and they're watching these quarterbacks run. They see Mac Jones. And listen, maybe Mac Jones kills it, but let's be honest. I think in terms of athleticism compared to maybe like a Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields, I don't think Mac Jones is going to probably run as fast as those guys. So you got Bill Belichick saying, all right, what is that, like a 4'8", four, 4'9", four, five flat? <laughs> This guy's got Patriots written all over him. Like, yeah, yeah like, it's, it's too perfect, man. Too yeah. perfect. By the way, Kyle Trask not at the uh, Senior Bowl ankle injury. Yeah. So will that affect him? Do you th- real quick, and we can get into it more later, but do you think that affects a guy like Trask? Does that almost slide him down because he's not visible? I'm going to say this. I remember specifically Tim Tebow, Dave, one of the Senior Bowl, had a horrible day, right? And as far as the game's considered, like, he did okay in it. Like, I don't think he knocked anybody's socks off. Tim Tebow still in the first round of NFL draft when people yeah. weren't really speculating him to go the first round. So, yeah, the, the senior bowl can be important, especially with such a deep draft this year in the quarterback class. But to me, it doesn't make or break you. I think the meetings are more important and what you can show on your pro day. Well, I think uh, there's two uh, two schools of thought. One, it could take on more meaning this year because of the lack of the combine. Yeah. But also, you are seriously full a full three months from the NFL draft this week. Three months. What people have short memories. <laughs> what you did in Mobile, Alabama, by the time April 29th rolls around, isn't necessarily top of mind. True. Um, so there is that part of the uh, uh, evaluation process as well. All right, uh, we'll come back at it. We're in Cartersville, Georgia, hometown of Trevor Lawrence. More on Trevor Lawrence. You know, we talked a lot about Urban Meyer. We've kind of put down the topic of of Trevor Lawrence. I turned on the TV this morning. Everybody's talking about a mock drafts changing the Jaguars. Let's go back to the Trevor Lawrence story and how much of a difference is this guy going to make for this organization uh, for the next year, five years, ten years, and maybe even more in Jacksonville, Florida. Let's talk about it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 here on a Tuesday. Glad to have you along with us on the road once again. Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Speaking of Lawrence, he is out training in California with Jordan Palmer, former NFL quarterback brother Carson Palmer, who has prepped a lot of these guys for the draft. And my understanding is... Lawrence is taking the approach that I'm not going to assume that the Jaguars are taking me. I am going to prepare for the draft process to pre- present the best possible Trevor Lawrence for all the teams involved. So I think that's a good approach, number one. Number two, um, as Palmer has done with some of these guys before, he is going to start to prepare for what's life going to be like in the NFL. What's my week going to look like? And so right now he's going through exercises where he is taking a team in the playoffs and he's breaking them down as if he was game planning for them. So so on Monday, he reviews the last couple of games for that for that defense. Tuesday, base pressures. Wednesday, sub pressures. Thursday, third down. Friday, red zone. And basically as if you were game planning because that's what your week is going to be like in the NFL. That's Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network talking about Trevor Lawrence. And he's out in California doing some work. Jordan Palmer, again, one. These quarterback gurus, man, just come out of the woodwork. Yeah. They're all over the place now. And what, I mean, I don't say that in a critical way. I mean, it's just, uh, it shows you, you know how I feel about it. I've said it many times. I think the quarterback position is being played 
uh, by the masses at the best level it's ever been played at, from uh, Pop Warner to middle school to high school to college and certainly at the pros. I mean, you look around, there's a lot of teams happy with their quarterback situations. That was not the case, say, 10, 15, and, and, and as you go back years ago. There were a lot more vacancies in franchises uh, uh, at the quarterback spot, and I think there's less of that. You know, I mean, now there's still levels of good. We all understand that. But I just feel like uh, these quarterback gurus, the training, the seven-on-sevens, the specialization, kids are so much better at throwing the football, understanding the position. Heck, maybe it's video games. Maybe it's the idea that it's on TV all the time so you can watch this all the time. I mean, I think Garofalo said in that that he is he's studying like the playoff quarterbacks. Yeah. And and, and what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh anybody can do that, right? If you're playing the position, you certainly have to be disciplined to do that. What can you take from that? But it's a very interesting look at Trevor Lawrence. Not only that he's working with Jordan Palmer, of course, everybody does that now. You go work at a facility, get ready for the draft. That's what guys do. But I just think this detailed, pointed look at already being an NFL player maybe months before you're actually an NFL player, uh, that's got to be somewhat of a new trend, Austin. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of these quarterback gurus, if you will, I mean, Jordan Palmer is definitely one of the most popular guys out there. And it helps from the fact that Jordan Palmer played a lot of, you know, NFL football, let's just say. No, he didn't have the most starts out of anybody, but he was on a lot of teams, and he was able to last a long time in the league. So he's seen a lot of systems. He's dealt with a lot of coaches and a lot of environments. So I feel like anytime you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence who – he wants that added advantage, right? He wants that edge. Well, Jordan Palmer is a perfect guy for it. We saw this with Joe Burrow last year. Joe Burrow worked with Jordan Palmer. Like, let's be honest. If you're Joe Burrow last year or you're Trevor Lawrence this year, you're going to be the number one pick, right? So, like, you got to ask yourself in terms of, like, doing your pro day and all that stuff, like, how vital is it? But this is where, in my opinion, you gain the advantage over everybody else because now you're putting yourself in an environment where you're not comfortable, Right, like you've been the man on campus, especially for Trevor Lawrence, for a while now. You've always been the front runner, and now you're getting kind of thrown into this environment where you have to go through a standard NFL week. You have to game plan. You have to, you know, study coverages and all this stuff, and it's different. And he's getting that first glimpse of it, and I love it because the the first thing you want to do if you're a rookie in the NFL is not get too comfortable. And right now, the first pick of the draft, or so we think. Is putting himself in an environment where he's not comfortable, and when you're not comfortable, that's where you grow. Here's one of the things I thought about. I love that, by the way. I think it's a great advantage knowing that you're going to go high and and maybe to a certain team. Uh, so I think, especially in that position, I think it's a little. I think you can do a lot of these same things, but maybe with a little less focus on a destination. If you're Mac Jones, if you're Zach Wilson, heck, maybe even if you're Justin Fields, more teams are in play for you. You pretty much know what's going on if you're Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we all know what's going on if you're Trevor Lawrence. He can already, he can start studying Urban Meyer, Mm. right? I mean, he can study who the Jags are and who they have. Now, I think you got to be a little careful to get crazy with that. But you can take a look. You can do some of your own homework. You can be as detailed as you want to be. You can be as obsessive as you want to be. And I think that's where you got to be a little careful. I've said this a bunch. I think that year where you go from college, you get drafted, to your rookie year is is like five years in one. Mm. It is a long time. You did it. It's a lengthy period. 
It's tough on your body. I think it's even more difficult on your mind. I've never gone through it, but I have a, a crazy amount of respect for that. And I don't think we take it uh, into consideration enough for so many of these young players as they translate to the NFL, try to acclimate to that next level, which is already difficult, whether you're going from middle school to high school, high school to college, college to the pros. That's a difficult transition. And I think it makes it much more difficult that everything's so under the microscope. So you do maybe go to these Shrine games or senior bowls, not everybody, I get it, in Trevor's case. Or you just go start working out. Then you have combines. Then you have pro days. Then you have the, the media hype and the circuit. And then bam, you, you even make visits sometimes in a COVID-free world. And, and then you get drafted. And then, bam, you're a pro. And you're right into it. So you never stopped. And, and so that's my curiosity here, Austin, a little bit. Should, I don't know how much time he took off. It doesn't seem like much. Yeah. Should he have taken more time off? <laughs> Could you have yeah. taken more time off? Do you think it will be a little bit lighter on him because of the COVID world we live in? He doesn't go to the senior bowl. He won't have to go to the combine. I mean, I I, I would almost advocate for a little bit more of a break before he begins well, his professional Well, technically, COVID. I mean, th- this is kind of a break for him, right? Because he's not, like, as far as schoolwork's concerned, as far as going to class, like, that doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So now it's all about just football. And, and well, obviously he's training probably two or three, four hours a day and going through the film sessions. Like that can be a pretty big task in itself. But at the same time, like I think he still has some downtime where he can relax a little bit. Like his time from college to right now, I guarantee like he's tapered off a little bit. It's not like he's escalating to, to more and more work. Now he obviously that work that he does yeah. do in the couple hours in the day, um, it's strenuous. It's taxing. You're essentially, uh, going about what you learned and now adding it to like the nth degree uh, in terms of like, an NFL style offense and game planning and all that stuff. So it is more difficult, but I still think he has a lot more free time than he did in college. Yeah, that's probably fair. And and I guess listen, you got to work. I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not like you can sit on the couch anyway, right? I mean, you got to go to the gym. You got to get your work in. Uh, it, you know, the off season. Heck, I mean, my kids, there's no real off-season. You know, you take a couple weeks off where it's a little bit different than, than maybe the grind, but um, that's just the way it is now. And, and especially uh, so, from the quarterback uh, you know, position, too, you know, where he's absolutely. He, he's being and, brought in to be the guy. So, like, there is no time to go, all right, well, this is the NFL. Here's how the – no, like, you're, you're, you're the guy the day that they draft you. Like, you're the guy, you're the leader, you're the general, so you have to be ready for that. Well, I say it, too, right? Like, I say it in the context of, man, maybe you should take a little bit of break. But if he was taking a break, we'd probably hammer him. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, if we'd look bad, we'd be like, well, what's he doing? Why isn't he getting ready? Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what we'd probably, if that was the story, if that was the narrative, uh, then we'd probably we'd probably hammer him for it. Here's what's interesting to me. We, we did a little bit. We're in Cartersville, Georgia. This is Trevor Lewis's hometown. Uh, he's working out in California. So, unlike... What Austin said, and some folks have already said, I'm not stalking Trevor uh, because he's in a different place. <laughs> TMZ but, on location? Uh, <laughs> but we, we, we know what he means to this town. I'll tell you a little bit more about it as the show goes along and as the days go along. But I, I think it's worth mentioning how just across the board, he is without question the number one guy in this draft. Like, I, looking at Daniel Jeremiah did a top 50. And from the NFL Network, Mel Kuyper obviously has Lawrence. All the mock drafts have Lawrence going number one. Like, they're not even trying to be funny and try to put, like, Justin Fields or somebody else there. They say he's going number one. Uh, 
Daniel Jeremiah, who does this top 50 list, but it's not necessarily a mock draft, like how he thinks it's going to go. He ranks the actual players. Well, very often, even when you have a quarterback that most likely will go number one, like Joe Burrow might not have been number one on this list last year. In fact, I don't think he was. I think Chase Young probably was number one on the list. And so my point of that is he's the number one guy on this list for Mm -hmm. Daniel Jeremiah. Like, he is the guy. And I know, folks, you've been listening to the show that, I say this a lot, but I, I just don't know if we understand it completely. <laughs> I mean, this guy is the guy. And when he was in ninth grade in this town, they knew he was the guy. They knew he was special, uh, and they watched it for four years. They knew he was special at Clemson after year one he won a national title. None of that has died down, even though he didn't win like back-to-back-to-back national titles. He is 86-6. and six. Since his freshman year in high school, the guy absolutely wins. And yet I still think maybe, if, as we talk to people around here, the thing that makes him so special is not just his football prowess, but it's kind of the guy who he is and off the field. And so from that standpoint, Austin, I say, what does he mean to Jacksonville? I mean, can we even put it into words what he might mean three months from now when he officially puts on that Jaguars cap is the number one pick in the draft? And now he's the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise quarterback. But what he might mean to that organization and to our city, uh, listen, I'm not trying to add weight to the kid's shoulders. I just think it's that momentous of a moment, and, and we're talking about that kind of player. No, for sure. You know, I think you you hear the verbiage of hero, you hear the verbiage of savior, and all this stuff. And and while that might be true, um, it's still just the game of football. And what I'm seeing is a very high caliber quarterback coming to a team that needs that more than anything right now. And I think that, and I'm pretty sure Urban Meyer understands this. He's really big on the psychology of an NFL athlete and the college player as well. I think he understands. Like, listen, when Trevor comes to this city, this small market city where you can go to the town center, you can go to the beach or someplace else and people are going to recognize you. It's not like in New York where, you know, you can go to one side of the area and no one's going to ever see you. Like Trevor Lawrence will be a big time celebrity in the city of Jacksonville. But I hope that when Urban Meyer, you know, embraces the chaos, embraces all the craziness that's going to come with the Trevor Lawrence bump, I hope he realizes, listen, man, it's great. We appreciate it. But at the end of the day, you just got to go out there and beat Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback. And, you know, the, the, the team and everything can handle everything else and, and all that chaos. And we can kind of deflect that chaos uh, if I'm Urban Meyer. You just got to be the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you just got to be the starting quarterback that we think you can be. Simple as that. Uh, no doubt he will be a bigger star than Meyer, though, right? In Jacksonville? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've said it before. No one's going to be buying Urban Meyer three-quarter zip jerseys or th- three-quarter zip, like, over shells or whatever you want to call them. Like, people are going to be buying Trevor Lawrence jerseys. People are making Trevor Lawrence shirts. Like, Trevor Lawrence is indeed the guy. But once again, if you're Urban Meyer, you can kind of, you know, corral that in a little bit and help control that narrative. Yeah, I think, you know, I will say this, too. We were talking to the folks here. I mean, a lot of people, this is a Georgia area, right? I mean, it's Georgia. <laughs> so it's Bulldogs area. And a lot of people walk around here with purple and orange 16 jerseys on. And the mayor told them, he said, hey, there'll be a lot of teal jerseys, you know, yeah. in, uh, in, in this uh, town. I mean, they're going to rally around. And this is a Falcons area, right? But uh, there's going to be a lot of people that rally around and become Jags fans. So I think... What, and I, I am a little bit ready for that. I think over, I think that will be eye popping 
the amount of 16 jerseys we will see in Jacksonville by the end of 2021 will be ridiculous. You know, we've seen jerseys of all teams. We've seen jerseys of different players for the Jags. Um, it's going to be off the charts. Oh, just how, how many jerseys will sell of Trevor Lawrence. Well, without a doubt, because in the past, when people purchase a Jaguars jersey, they've been burned, whether it's Leonard Fournette, whether it's Jalen Ramsey. Like, Trevor Lawrence feels like the sure thing. And Trevor Lawrence feels like he's going to be here for a while. So if you're going to invest in a, in a Trevor Lawrence jersey, I would say that's probably the best investment that you can obviously make right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. I'm gonna go, Here's what I think about you know, we talk about Urban Meyer. He's a star. I mean, listen, I, I've been surprised at the buzz Urban Meyer has created. Really have in Jacksonville. I, I knew he'd get a bump, but it's been a big buzz about Urban Meyer. No doubt. More than I thought. The Trevor Lawrence buzz doesn't surprise me at all. But Urban Meyer actually squashed the Lawrence buzz a little bit. That's how big uh, Urban's hire was. Yeah. But just to put this in perspective, how good of a player people think this guy is and how much of a game changer this could be in Jacksonville, as I try to illustrate this to all of us, really, myself included. Urban Meyer's taken, he probably would have passed up a whatever he's getting paid, 10, 11, 12 million dollars a year if this guy wasn't available. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he probably wouldn't take the job. Sure. And so that's, I mean, imagine passing up those kind of dollars if you want to get back in the game. <laughs> if that guy wasn't available, yeah. you know? Yeah. So uh, that speaks a lot to me uh, as well. We'll continue on from Cartersville, Georgia, home of Trevor Lawrence, soon-to-be sister city of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, perhaps. Uh, much, much more to come on the football front. Also, uh, where were you a year ago? Uh, you probably remember. It's coming up on ESPN 690. For 30 years, my job has been arguing this guy's better than that guy. This guy's better than that guy, right? Like, it's sure. Kobe, and it's Michael, and it's Michael, and it's LeBron, and it's it's Magic, and it's Larry, and it's Russell, and it's Chamberlain. The, the, the great debates. All those debates. Yeah. As one of the people in those, as one of the people who's on the other side of that, how important is that to you, the way people perceive you relative to Michael Jordan, yeah. Larry Bird, you know, LeBron? It, it, it's hard for people to believe, but I really don't care. You know, like, I've, I've, I've moved on. You, you know, so, like, you have a career. You do the best you can. The 20 years, I was very fortunate to play. And then you shelf it. You're done. You move on to the next thing. So now I'm focused on these next 20 years. And so that, those debates are entertaining, I'm sure. And, you know, it's uh, fun for people to engage on those, engage in those. But for me personally, it doesn't matter. That is the late Kobe Bryant. Not many things in our world that uh, we live through in, in all the years that... Uh, uh, you're on this earth and say, I remember where I was yeah. when that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly there's been some enormous tragedy uh, outside of sports in our world, in our country. Uh, everybody, I think, remembers where they were in almost the finite details of 9-11. That's kind of uh, the event in, in my life. Uh, the Challenger exploding was one of my first, I guess, events, as you would call them, um, in that sense, uh, when I was in elementary school. So you remember moments like that. I don't really remember a lot in terms of whether it's an athlete dying or even a momentous moment of saying, wow, I was either here or there, unless I was at the game, you know. Uh, but Kobe Bryant for... Some reason, maybe it's so fresh. Maybe it's still just a year ago today that I remember exactly where I was, like at the moment I was, uh, 
when uh, we heard that uh, he had died and, and um, everyone had died in that uh, tragic helicopter crash. Is it one of those moments for you, Austin Lane? Do you think you'll remember five years, ten years, twenty years down the road? Without a doubt. You know, I mean, I, I distinctly remember when we got word, and I remember the next few days at Radio Row at the Super Bowl, just how somber, you know, the the vibe was. Because it's always a cool scene. If you're ever lucky enough to, you, you know, you get, get to actually cover it, um, it's always cool because there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of excitement because you're at, you know, one of the greatest sporting events um, in the world. And everyone's taking part in it. And there's always just like this energy, this aura that you feel when you walk in. And I remember the, you know, the, the day and the night that we, um, that we found out that next day, it just felt like the entire air was taken out of that room, you know, and it was just a, it was a somber feeling. Um, I'll always remember it just because Kobe Bryant, like, I don't think there's any other athlete out there that I had more of a, of a hate love relationship with, we'll say, than Kobe Bryant because as a kid during, you know, my time growing up as a, as a youngster playing basketball, like it was either Kobe Bryant or Allen Iverson. Like there, there was really, you, you couldn't like them both. So you had to pick one. And to me, it was always yeah. Allen Iverson because I could, believe it or not, I could identify. I felt like with Allen Iverson a little more because he played more in a blue collar town. And that's where I grew up. Like I always had this preconceived notion that Kobe Bryant was in LA. He was all finesse underneath the spot, like the whole time. And like Allen Iverson was like this underdog, you know, and, and then I embraced that. So I cheered for that along with a lot of my friends as well. So like we were team Allen Iverson. But the older I got, you know, and you started to hear these words like ball hog and Kobe Bryant, you know, and, and is he a good teammate or not with Kobe Bryant? But the older I got, the, the more I realized just how hard that guy worked, just how hard that guy wanted to be the best and master his craft and literally just putting the team on his back, if you will, to win championships. So the older I got, the more I realized like, hey. Just because he plays in L.A., just because maybe there's these preconceived notions, like, no, Kobe Bryant has earned everything that he's got from, you know, scoring titles, from MVPs. Like, that guy put the work in, and he's got the that mindset. So, like, that gave me a newfound respect for Kobe Bryant. And then during that time, too, you started to see, you know, him become kind of this pop culture phenomenon, if you will. You know, like, he was in Ch- Chappelle's show where uh, Dave Chappelle said Kobe, and, like, that was huge. And um, using, like, a bunch of TV shows where people would say Kobe. So, like, just in terms of pop culture, in terms of, you know, the, the sports heroes growing up, obviously, in my generation, Kobe Bryant was one of the biggest ones. Yeah, I think, uh, it was, I'll tell you, to be honest with you, fascinating to me, it's like, I wasn't this big Kobe Bryant fan. I mean, he played for the Lakers. I hated the Lakers growing sure. up as a kid, and I still don't like the Lakers. Not to the degree I hate the Yankees, but, um, so I, I was Kobe Bryant was whatever. It's kind of where I lost touch with hoops anyway, because, you know, the Bird, Magic, Jordan era was over. Um, so I wasn't into it kind of like your age group was, and Kuz was at, at the time. But I will honestly tell you, the tributes of Super Bowl week when we were in Miami as we were watching that coverage nonstop and talking about it, the tributes of the last year that have told us really more about sometimes people are glorified a little bit more in death anyway. I mean, if we're being real, that that does happen. But I do think the story of Kobe Bryant was more told over the last year. I don't think this was a glorification necessarily of of somebody in their passing. I think this was more the the behind-the-scenes story. We knew him as a basketball player and a great one at that. But I think we've learned over the last couple of years there was so much more to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And and I thought I think that's really what I respect and appreciate maybe way more 
way more than any time I ever watched him play basketball. Yeah. I probably, and now, now feel a little bit guilty that I probably didn't appreciate him enough as a basketball player in general just for playing hoops. But, and definitely we all didn't know that was the guy off the court. We, we're just not allowed to know that normally, right? Uh, nobody talks about that stuff. But I, I really do. I mean, it, it's, again, this isn't a guy that was a Kobe Bryant fan. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, I kind of, uh, am regretful that I wasn't after the last year of tributes and what I've learned about him. You know, I think that, you know, after his death, those tributes, like, they obviously stem from because it was untimely, right? I mean, the you know, he, he, he passed away in a helicopter crash unexpectedly. So anytime, like, unexpe- excuse me, unexpectedly somebody passes away, like, there's probably going to be a bigger outpouring. But then the fact, too, like, I always put him up there with, like, I don't know, like like a David Bowie or a Prince, where they're, they 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 don't really seem of this world. Like they seem like aliens, and they're gonna you know they're gonna live forever, and like you're never gonna have to talk about them passing away because like they're always gonna be a part of you know the game. For instance, for Kobe Bryant, a part of the game of basketball. Like twenty thirty years from now, you'd be seeing an interview with Kobe Bryant talking about like, the next up and comer, and just you know that was kind of taken away from everybody uh, unexpectedly. So. When you have somebody of that magnitude and just how much they meant to the game unexpectedly pass away, I mean, yeah, it's just people don't know how to deal with that. And that's where I feel like all the outpouring, all that love came from. Well, his impact on a generation of players or a younger generation of players is, is certainly was felt anyway. Like, that was huge even before he passed away. But obviously it was felt a lot more in the last year, and I think uh, we'll linger for a long, long time to come. When we come back, we talk a little bit more about NFL quarterbacks, potential landing spots. Why are we going through this with the NFL quarterbacks? And I do have a hoop question that Austin just kind of led me to. We'll have that with Jason Fitz from ESPN. When we come back, live from Cartersville, Georgia, Trevor Lawrence's hometown on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.